My name is Padraig Tuma, and poetry has changed the way I think about confession. Rather, I grew up hearing that confession was about confessing your wrong. But these days I think of confession as confessing your truth, confessing what matters in a life, and confessing the thing that you mightn't have told, but that holds you together. Our Nan Lets Us Smoke Inside by Tay Tibble. Our Nan Lets Us Smoke Inside, but only when we drink wine and play cards on the kitchen table. I feel glamorous when I drop my ash into the power shell in the middle. Our Nan wears black leather pumps and dries wishbones from chicken carcasses in an empty margarine container on top of the fridge. She's not my real Nan, but I've always wished she was. I wished I was born with her blood in my veins, her dark Waikato DNA, high cheekbones and heavy wet eyes just like my sister. Our Nan met her late husband in the late 60s. She was dressed in a little mod dress, her black hair flipped. He was a cowboy with mutton chops and tan-lined legs in short cream shorts who rode off to work every morning with a commercial digger for a horse but He'd pick us up in his station wagon on Sundays. Johnny Cash and his metronome voice making us fall asleep against the dusty windows so we would stop for a fillet of fish and a strawberry milkshake for lunch and dinner. But he always picked my sister up more. At his funeral, us girls carried the mismatched flowers behind our brothers in black sunglasses. At the service, we all got up and sang, I hope you're dancing in the sky, but it was painful and flat and sounded like coughing. During the burial, nobody exhaled a word as my nan ashed out a half-sucked cigarette in the fresh, sour soil. In the car park, we all smoked back tears with another cigarette pacifier, like babies numbed on a nicotine nipple. Tay Tibble is remarkably um, brave and brilliant in many of her poems and in this one I think she tells the story of a funeral where the funeral is a bit of a relief and that the funeral opens up the possibility of safety for discussing things that would not have felt safe in advance of this person's death. I suppose there are so many different kinds of deaths as well and sometimes you're at a funeral of somebody that you either didn't know or you didn't care for or even in a family context where they paid more attention to somebody else rather than you and so you don't feel personally hugely grieved and there's a strange kind of observation that happens in those funerals and I think that's such a brave thing to, to name because so often we seek to maybe turn a bit romantic when it comes to a funeral and somebody who we might not have had too much time from or for during their life when they die you might suddenly place yourself at the centre of a drama that involves them and you and this poem is so brave it just seems to imply that really she's still got most of her attention towards her nan and she's uh, particularly paying attention to being with her. And the death of the man that the nan was married to kind of seems to happen to the side.
Clay Table speaks about this woman as her nan and she speaks about her nan's husband. So she doesn't call him Granda, but clearly he's part of this network that's been important to her for a very long time. But even with so much proximity and even with so many memories of being picked up in a station wagon and going for fish and chips and strawberry milkshakes, you can still feel like a stranger and somebody who is part of your everyday backdrop, family by blood or family by circumstance or family by choice. The Nan is family by so many things. She wishes it was blood, but clearly they are absolute family to each other. The magnificence of the the character of the Nan, you know, she lets the girls smoke inside and everybody loves to have a family member, family by choice or family by blood who you can, you don't feel like you've got to have airs and graces around. And she clearly has a great eye for fashion. She'd worn black leather pumps and that she's described as having had great style and she keeps the bones of chickens. She's um, thrifty. She clearly is a person of economy. And the poet feels glamorous dropping ash into the power shell. The power shell is a beautiful shell you find all around New Zealand with magnificent turquoise colours in it. And so she seems to be a person who um, gathered an intergenerational community around her and that while there was deep love and deep affection and deep recognition of wisdom and culture and heritage, there also was magnificent trust. You get the impression that the Nan was a person to whom you could confess the truth of your life and that she'd listen and understand rather than being cast in a figure of somebody who would dispense unwanted advice or wouldn't understand you in the first place. And the story of this funeral is cast against this moment of Tay Tibble wondering what does it mean to be present to her nan when her nan has been present to her. craft of this poem is quite brilliant. It's mostly in three-line verses um, and the four final stanzas read like a slow drumbeat to me. They do seem almost like a slow march toward a funeral. The four final stanzas each begin with three words that are so striking. At his funeral, at the service, during the burial, in the car park. The opening of this poem is looking back with great reminiscence over what seems like years, all of these memories of childhood and time spent around the table and chicken wishbones being dried in a margarine container on top of the fridge. And that seems to be something that happens so regularly that you feel like you're casting a gaze back through Tay Tibble's childhood, um, running through many years. But then suddenly the timing in this poem slows down, just like timing does when you're at a funeral, at his funeral at the service, during the burial, in the car park. And we're there with them. We're observing and we're watching and we see a community of people who are finding solace with each other. I love how she um, makes the poem do this without narrating it, that we're brought in through her craft into being drawn around this complicated moment of death and complicated moment of memorialising. I think there's culture happening here. There's gendered expectations of culture. Um, Te Tibble is Māori, the indigenous people of Aotearoa, New Zealand. And 
obviously so is this woman, the nan. She's got her dark Waikato DNA, high cheekbones and heavy wet eyes, just like my sister. And so within that, you, you really hear that there is affinity in terms of a language and a culture and a culture that's been colonised and oppressed in New Zealand. I get the impression that the um, the man that the nan was married to was white, tan lined legs and short cream shorts. I could be wrong, but I, just the impression about how she describes tan lined legs like that made me wonder, was there something about him being a white guy in the midst of a community of people who were indigenous and, and a community of women who had found tremendous um, nurture and support with each other? And that's what's so good about Tay Tibble's poem is that you see the way within which this community of women come back together in the car park at the end where we all smoke back tears with another cigarette pacifier like babies numbed on a nicotine nipple. Such strong words there and then the repetition of numbed nicotine nipple. You're just brought into this small community of repeated sounds, which is like a community of these people breathing deeply into their lungs in order to provide each other some kind of consolation. Our Nan Let's Us Smoke Inside by Tay Table. Our Nan Let's Us Smoke Inside, but only when we drink wine and play cards on the kitchen table. I feel glamorous when I drop my ash into the power shell in the middle. Our Nan wears black leather pumps and dries wishbones from chicken carcasses in an empty margarine container on top of the fridge. She's not my real nan, but I've always wished she was. I wished I was born with her blood in my veins, her dark Waikato DNA, high cheekbones and heavy wet eyes, just like my sister. Our nan met her late husband in the late 60s. She was dressed in a little mod dress, her black hair flipped. He was a cowboy with mutton chops and tan-lined legs and short cream shorts who rode off to work every morning with a commercial digger for a horse, but he'd pick us up in his station wagon on Sundays, Johnny Cash and his metronome voice making us fall asleep against the dusty windows so we would stop for a fillet of fish and a strawberry milkshake for lunch and dinner. But he always picked my sister up more. At his funeral... Us girls carried the mismatched flowers behind our brothers in black sunglasses. At the service, we all got up and sang, I hope you're dancing in the sky, but it was painful and flat and sounded like coughing. During the burial, nobody exhaled a word as my nan ashed out a half-sucked cigarette in the fresh, sour soil. In the car park, we all smoked back tears with another cigarette pacifier, like babies numbed on a nicotine nipple.
Our Nan Lets Us Smoke Inside comes from Tai Table's book, Pocahontas. Thank you to Victoria University Press, who gave us permission to use Tai's poem. You can find a link to the poem in our show notes, along with Padraig's guiding question for this episode. Poetry Unbound is Chris Hegel, Aaron Colasacco, Siri Grassley, Eddie Gonzalez, Lillian Vo, Christiane Wartell, Gotham Shrikishan, Karen Navar Wiki, Karen Towie, Suarisa, and me, Lily Percy. Our music is composed and provided by Gautam Shrikishan and Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota land. We also produce other podcasts you might enjoy, like On Being with Krista Tippett, Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you like to listen. And if you want even more Podrick and poetry in your life, visit us at onbeing.org, where we've recently launched an entirely new way to experience poetry. Listen, watch, or read hundreds of poems from our collection. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota.